Chronicles 
First Chronicles 15 and verse 13. David says, For because ye did it not at the first, the Lord our God made a breach upon us, for that we sought him not after due order. David is now talking to his people, his military, he's talking to every single one. But because in First Samuel he had gone astray, he did not follow due order. And now here in Chronicles, First Chronicles 15 and 13, you know, he recalls what happened in First Samuel, Second Samuel 6, and then he now makes an amend and he says, because the right people to do it did not do it the first time, the Bible says, it says, the Lord our God made a breach upon us for that we sought him not after due order. Now I'm preaching this uh, with, with pain in the heart. You know, the, the, the reason is this. Uh, I was not supposed to preach this message. I was supposed to preach, I was supposed to look at the history of the uh, Israelites, how that the word of God had every single day, every single hour uh, been fulfilled in the life of the children of Israel up till this time when you have the Arab Spring and the gathering together against them. I wanted to set a mark, drawing, going through historical data and then drawing that string to see that the word of God is perfect and the word of God will heal you and the word of God will save you and the word of God will deliver you so that God will use that to heal us. And I know he's still going to do it in the name of Jesus Christ. But now I want to take a, a, a detour to look at certain area, you know, in the Bible that is of utmost importance to me. If I was preparing that message all of a sudden, the Lord put a stop to that and that I should go ahead with this. Now, what is important in the house of God is due order. Thank, you, thank God for the, the life of David. He talks about due order. In, in, in law, they say the due process of law. But the due order. And the, the house of God is the house, the pillar of truth. And that the word of God is so powerful. In fact, the most potent thing on planet Earth is the word of God. The next to it is the prayer of the saints. The moment your prayer life fails, your faith has failed. And the moment your faith fails, you will never make it. You'll never be able to make it. And that is why in the book of, in the book of uh, Luke 22, from verse 41 and 42, Jesus was looking at Peter, and he, he didn't call him Peter. He said, Simon, Simon. He said, Satan has desired that he will you know, sift you as wheat. He will sift you as wheat. But he said, but I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. So what is paramount in the life of a Christian is faith. The moment your faith fails, forget about it. The moment your faith fails, forget about it. And your faith is founded in the word of God. If the word of God is misinterpreted, forget about your faith. Faith can only start where the will of God is known. If you don't know the will of God about anything, don't pray about it. It's not going to be answered. If you don't know the will of God about anything, the faith you are going to exercise is nothing. Because what are you exercising faith for? You have to exercise faith on substance. Something that you know. The word of God that you know. So it is important that things be addressed in a proper perspective in the house of God. Other than that, we'll make room for demons to have a field day. 
but God forbid in the name of Jesus. God has taken us through a long history. And I know that there are you know, giants amongst you. You know, men, capable, able men. Women, able men, you don't know what is loaded on the inside of you. The potential you have on the inside of you. And I want to tell you, it does not matter. Let Pastor Monimago, let Pastor Ayoko, let my pastor uh, Kayote go. There are giants in the house of God. I didn't hear you. I said there are giants in the house of God. The reason God moves his people here and there is because of the gospel. And then he knows that he has a load of people here, soldiers here, armed forces here, and that these ones are able to take over the land. And that these ones are able to take over the land. And that's why he will post people. It's just like a master in the chessboard. He knows where to place the tile at what time. And that's what our God does. And that's why he moves this person here, and he moves the other person there, and the next person to the other area. Why? Because he's a master of the chessboard. He knows it. So it doesn't matter who lives. It matters who you are now in the hands of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the house of God is the truth. The pillar of truth. And all that God has is you and me. The church of God. The angels don't preach the gospel. And that's why when you allow little error in the interpretation of the word of God, you can destroy souls. And except you redress it, God will never forgive you, I can tell you. That's why David looked at this place and he said, we did not seek God after due order. So let us seek God after due order now. And he made it straight. And once he did it right, God now attested to what he had done. The last time I came back from the field and I was listening to some of our, our, our messages and I did realize that at some point I wept. I wept because I realized that that was not God. I wept because I realized that things must fall in place otherwise the faith of many will be destroyed. I wept because I knew God himself wept. God did not like it. And that is very important. It is not the person. It is just the message. Put it right, so that the fate of many will be put right. Let me tell you about what consequences you know mean. Abraham is the father of faith, father of nations. He loved God. His wife loved God. They loved God. But initially, when God promised Abraham his son, and after so many years, the wife, you know, thought that God is a little bit. You know, late. I think I need to do it my own way. And so she did it her own way and brought Hagar. Hagar. Hagar gave birth to Ishmael. And then much later, the promise of God came to pass in Isaac. And now it was time for them to do away with, with Hagar and her son Ishmael. And they pushed them out. And God permitted because it was not the will of God. It was not the word of God. The will of God is the covenant of God. It's the testament of God. It is the word of God. So it was not. So they left. God forgave them. Abraham is a man of faith. Wonderful. Our own, our forebear. But I tell you, even though God forgave them, the consequences of what they have done still lingers. The consequences of what they have done still brings people to kill Christians, to do all 
kinds of things. And we are praying and fasting and doing all that. Why? Because people heard from the part of God. The moment you err from the part of God, you better quickly redress it. The consequences can be very grievous. But you quickly have to do something. You quickly have to do something. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2, say, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. See, Satan is a trickster. Inadvertently, unknown to you, he could use you. Satan used Peter against Jesus. Satan stood at the right hand of David to number the children of Israel against the statues of God. And Israel paid bitterly for it. So the moment you sneak in, you put a stop. Immediately you put a stop. And that is very important. The Bible says, while men slept, the enemy sowed tares and went his way. Why? You will just sow the tear, the tear will grow. The tear will begin to entangle and choke the weeds. And before long, you see that what the enemy has done begins to progressively increase. But in the name of Jesus Christ, we forbid it. I say in the name of Jesus Christ, we forbid it. Your faith will be founded on the solid word of God. And the church of God will prosper in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Our faith is the only thing we have in God. Jesus Christ looked at the people in Israel. Let's look at Mark 6 and verse 2 quickly. Mark 6 and verse 2. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many bearing, hearing him, were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hand? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, and of Judah and of Simon, and not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country. And among his own kin, and in his own house, and he could do there, he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folks and healed them. And look at verse six, and he marvelled. He marvelled because of their unbelief, and he went around about the villages, teaching. He marvelled at their unbelief, and then he did something differently teaching. He did not go preaching. He did not go healing. He went teaching. When there is an unbelief, when there is doubt, the best remedy for it is teaching the word of God. That's what we're going to do this morning. Is teaching the word of God. Looking at the black and white of the word of God and looking at the details. The Bible does not need advocate. God does not need an advocate. All God needs is his word. You see, here a little, there a little, Precept upon precept. The word of God will explain the word of God. The word of God gives meat to the word of God. That's what the Bible says. And that's what we're, going, we're looking at now. Let's look at the will of God. The will of God. What do you mean by the will of God? The Greek word for the will, for will is telena. Telena. In fact, the first syllabus, it has the stress. It's telena. It means choice. It means decree. It means law. It means volition. It means purpose. It means the mind of God, the desire of God, the pleasure of God. Now, sometimes when you look at the will, the will is a covenant also. The will is a testament also. In fact, the book of Hebrews 9.16 puts it, puts it this way. It said, 
For a testament is not of force, except the testator dies. You see, testament, will, don't have power. Except the person who will die, so that his blood ratifies or consummates that will. And that's why Jesus Christ, when he died and his blood was shed on Calvary, it now ratified the word of God, the Bible, every single thing. Perfect. And then he now superintends over his church to even lord over the church. What beauty, what miracle. That is the will. So the will is the word, is a covenant, is a testament. Praise the Lord. It's a testament. Let us look at a point in the Bible. Daniel was going to pray. And in, in, in Daniel 9, let's look at it, it's important. Daniel 9 verse 2. In Daniel 9 verse 2 from 2, the Bible says that in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of years one of the, one of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto the Lord to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Let me stop there. So Daniel said, I... I studied the book of Jeremiah and Jeremiah is saying that after 70 years that God will free his people from Babylon and that it was time for me to pray. It is now 70 years. The will of God for Israel is that after 70 years he's going to free them. So Daniel zeroed in on the word of God in Jeremiah. Now, look at, let's look at where Daniel got that. Open to Jeremiah 29 and verse 10. Open to Jeremiah 29 and verse 10. Daniel read the book of Jeremiah and he saw that, yes, this is what God has said. And for thus said the Lord that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good, good word towards you in causing you to return to this place. So Daniel immediately read the word of God and zeroed in and he said, I began to pray and I began to fast. What was he doing? That the word of God will come to pass. The last time we even said, it takes two to bring to pass the word of God. The divine and the human. God on the one side is word. We on the other side praying down the word of God even if he has promised his word. The prophecy has gone forth. Wonderful. But there has to be a human agent to pray into existence the prophecy of God. That was what Daniel did. Daniel looked at the will of God. What is the will of God for Israel? That after 70 years, I am going to release them from captivity. And so Daniel now said, wow, 70 years has come. So I'm going to pray. That is the will of God. The will of God is the covenant of God, the promises of God, the testament of God, the word of God. That is the will of God. Now we know what the will of God means. So when you want to pray, you look at the Bible and say, what is this saying concerning my sickness? What is this saying concerning my situation? That is the will of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Daniel did not say after prayer, Father, if it did, I will. Let it come to pass. Hogwash. That was not what Daniel said. Because Daniel knew the will of God, and so he prayed concerning the will of God, believing the will of God. He believed the will of God. Other than that, why are you praying? If you pray, and your prayer, God might answer, 
God might delay. God might not answer. So which one do you believe in? Is it the one he will answer? The one he will delay? Or the one he will not answer? Tell me. But Mark 11, 24 says, Jesus says, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So as you pray, when you pray right there, Jesus says, believe. Then why do you want to say, after prayer, they say, Father, if they are will, my God, Jesus then looked at a man in the book of Matthew 8 and 1 to 3. And that man, he, he had a problem. His son had a problem. He said, said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst heal me. In other words, if it is your will, I know you can heal me, but I don't know whether it is your will. The Bible says, immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, without even saying a word. Action speaks louder than words. He stretched forth his hand and touched him and said, I will be thou cleansed. It is his will. The will of God is the word of God, is the testament of God. It is the testament of God. That is where our faith is founded. That is where our faith is founded. The moment you shift, Satan will deal with you. Your prayer will never come to pass. You'll be doubting with unbelief and all kinds of things. We must understand the word of God. We must understand the word of God. You see, faith can never be exercised until we know the will of God. When I know the will of God that God says he's going to heal me, then I can zero in on that and say, Father, this is what you promise. This is what you promise. This is what you promise. This is I love Jesus Christ. He did it in a wonderful way. He will stood before Satan and say, It is written. What is written? In the will. The word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. It is written. It is written. It is written. And the Lord said in Jeremiah 5.14, So wherefore you speak my word, I will make my word in your mouth fire. My God, I love it. I love that. Because you speak my word in faith, the word in your mouth now turns to fire. And then the Bible says it will consume the people. Demonic entities, powers, thrones. He said, the word you are speaking turns to fire. You see, unknown to us, our own were just quoting scriptures. In the spirit realm, that is a blazing consummation. God is, is consuming fire. The Holy Spirit is a consuming fire. It destroys the works of the enemy. But we have to know what the will of God is. It is the word of God. It is the word of God. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence that we have in him. What is confidence? It is the faith that we have in him. It is the settled belief that we have in him. How? That if we ask anything, if we, that if we ask anything according to his word, according to his word, According to his word, praise the Lord. Jesus said it is written according to his word. According to his will, his word. He now says, he heareth us. Praise the Lord. There's no confusion at all. There's no confusion whatsoever. Oh, I bless God for it. And so, let's look at the will of God in Matthew 6 and 10. Matthew 6 and 10. It's very important.
Matthew 6 and 10. I start from 9. Jesus was going to teach his disciples how to pray, the manner to pray. And now Jesus says, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I'm interested in verse 10. I'm interested in verse 10. He said, thy kingdom come. Then look at what follows. Thy will be done in earth. Do you know what people do? They just stop there. That will be done in earth. Wrong. That's what the Bible says. That is a command there. That is not where the full stop lies. It says, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. It's benchmarking. He uses heaven as a reference base. And he says, You pray all of heaven to be on earth. Is there sickness in heaven? I didn't hear you, my God. Have mercy. Is there sickness in heaven? There should be no sickness on earth. Is there tears in heaven? There should be no tears in, in, on earth. Is there death in heaven? There should be no death on earth. Is there unemployment in heaven? There should be no unemployment in earth. Jesus says, pray the Father that he will do such a thing that whatever is in heaven is now in, on earth. What wonder. What wonder he has put on our shoulders. What wonder he has put on our shoulders. People just take a side of it because that is what Satan does. To rest the scripture. To make sure you don't get the full import of what God is talking about. He says, I want heaven to be like, I want earth to be like heaven. Righteousness, salvation, healing, joy, peace. Whatever you have in heaven, let it be here. You pray. That is the will of God. And that is the word of God concerning the earth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I love that. So now we know the will of God. So we don't end the prayer and say, Father, let my sickness go. But if it be thy will. In other words, I, sh I should die maybe. Or, or I, I should remain. So I don't know what that means now. I'm praying for somebody, and I say, in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. Then as I'm going, Father, if it be thy will, let it be done. In other words, he could die or leave. Praise the Lord. But Jesus says, when you pray, believe that you receive. He didn't say, when you pray, say that if it be the will of God. Because you already know the will of God. Let's talk about prayer now. That's, it's very important. Prayer is not talking to God. No, it's wrong. Prayer is not talking to God. That's wrong. Talking to God means it's unidirectional. Your word goes. It doesn't come back with answer. You're talking to God. Prayer is talking with God. Understand the verbal phrase there. Talking to, talking with. Talking to is unidirectional. Talking to is bidirectional. It comes, I mean, it's two-way. It's a two-way traffic. So when you talk to God, God talks back to you because you are a child. That is what prayer means. So it's not talking to God. It is talking with God. Praise the Lord. It is talking with God. You talk with your father. Relationship. You talk with your father. Praise the Lord. And when you say also that 
Sometimes God answers. Sometimes God will not answer. Sometimes God will delay. It's all the will of God. Then where is the place of the enemy? What is the place of devil, the devil in barricading, putting a stumbling block in our prayers? Daniel read the books of Jeremiah 29. And by the time he finished reading, he started praying in Daniel 10 now. And Daniel was praying and the 21st day, an angel came to meet Daniel and said, from the first day you prayed, God answered. But the prince of Persia, satanic entity, the prince of Persia resisted my coming. But because Daniel was resilient, he was persistent, he was putting force to his prayer, he was still fasting, that power was broken. This angel had an, an angelic assistant. And what happened? The answer came. If he just prayed and something was not happening the first day and second day, and said, it is the will of God. You think answer would have come? No, capital, no. Answer would not have come. Prayer is with persistence. And Jesus proved it to tell us that prayer is with persistence. He looked at a man that was blind. He laid his hand on this man. And then he asked him, do you, what do you see? He said, I see men as trees walking. Which means I need to do it again second time. He was teaching us. He did it the second time, and the man came seeing. Which means persist. Go ahead. Push. Pray until something happens. Otherwise, your father will tell you, no, you do this way. You don't go to Bethania. Or you go to this way. You go to, because it's our father. He speaks. God speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks. And this is very important. This is very, very vital. Now, if prayer must be answered, it means that we have to also prepare ourselves. We prepare ourselves against what the enemy can do. The enemy can do nothing. Why? Because... You are prepared to fast. You are prepared with persistence. And Jesus Christ looked at a particular woman in Luke 11, Luke 18. That widow woman went to an unjust judge. And this man did not respect man. He didn't fear God. But the woman persisted and persisted and persisted. The man said, look, if I don't answer this one, she will weary me. I will answer. Do you know what Jesus said? He looked at that incident. And he now says, when I come on the earth, will I find faith? The faith of this kind of woman, the persistence of this kind of woman, will I find this kind of faith? In Matthew 15, there was this Syrophoenician woman. She was not of the stock of Israel. No, she wasn't. But Jesus was passing. And now she now came behind and said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Jesus was mute. He didn't talk to her. She was disturbing. The disciples said, send her away. She's troubling us. The woman now went to Jesus and worshipped him. You know what Jesus said? He said, this healing, this bread is for the children. It's not meant for the dogs. That's, you know, that's discouraging. What was Jesus doing? Testing our faith. The woman now says, Lord, even the crumbs, the, the dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. What a wonder. 
What a wonder. He loved that. He said, oh woman, great is your faith. The woman persisted and persisted until answer came. She didn't say the master has spoken. That is the will of God. He said, uh, this one is not for dogs, so I'm going. She didn't do that. She didn't say that was the will of God. She did not. The woman went ahead and went ahead until answer came. We are going to go ahead until answers come. I said, we're going to go ahead until answers come. And answers will come in the name of Jesus. This is the church of God, the ground and the pillar of the truth. And the answers will come in the name of Jesus. We'll see blind eyes open. We'll see deaf ears unstopped. We'll see the lame walk in the name of Jesus Christ. Our God is a merciful God. He understands the infirmity of man. He said, in all of our, all of our infirmity, he himself is touched. And I love that. And that's why he has given us the privilege of access. The privilege of access. So that what you will, go ahead and God is going to provide for you. Praise the Lord. Let's look at the church in Acts 12, 1 to 5. Now, the church prayed for Peter. And when the church prayed for Peter, God delivered Peter. I don't know whether the church prayed for James. I let me want to believe that the church prayed for James. James was killed. Good. James was killed, and so they, the church sat up in prayer. The Bible says the way they pray, they pray with a loud voice. Praise the Lord. The church prayed for Peter with such intensity that God immediately answered. The fervent, effectual prayer of the righteous valid much. When we pray with intensity, God answers. Let the prayer come from your soul, your spirit. If you will weep, weep. Jesus wept in prayer. Hebrews 5, the Bible says, he wept in prayer. With strong tears. His sweat was as though blood that was coming from his body. Anna wept in prayer. Ezekiah wept in prayer. David said, did not my tears fill the bottle? Jeremiah wept in prayer. Paul wept bitterly concerning the children of God. We have to wear our tears. Where are our tears? Tears are very vital. When Ezekiah prayed and prayed and prayed, the Bible says he wept sore. He said, go back, Isaiah. Go tell Ezekiah. Isaiah, son of Amos, go back and tell Ezekiah, I have seen his tears. So God sees tears. Praise the Lord. God sees tears. We love this, our God. He is marvelous. Praise the Lord. In 2 Corinthians, talking about Paul prayed for the turn of his flesh and it was not answered. Mm -mm. Let's open to 2 Corinthians 12, 1 to 10. You see, each time you read the Bible, don't just take a verse. Go ahead. Antecedent. Go, go be, be before and look at the verses preceding. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body, I cannot tell. Whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knows. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth how that he was caught up in paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. 
Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmity. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. Now look at verse 7, which is very important. Lest, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation that was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now, Paul looked at that, lest I should be exalted above measure, and he repeated two times. Which means, and this is very important, please, very, very important, please listen. Which means that God has looked at Paul. Paul had gotten revelations and revelations and multiplied visions. Abundance of revelation. He was caught up in the throne of God. No man has ever been there. Paul has been there. And now Paul is now back. When Paul went to one of these small cities, they said, the gods have come in the likeness of men. He said, no, 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 I'm not. So people started worshipping and praising him. He said, no, 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 don't do that. Don't ever you do that. And God is saying, if I allow Paul to go in this abundance of revelation and visions and all that, people will begin to worship him and praise him. So what I will do, I will allow Satan to buffet him. If he's beaten, and he's beaten, people will not say, ah, this man that says he has all the power, how come he's beaten? So now they, cannot, they will not worship him. So what was God doing? To ensure that Paul is not full of pride to go to hell. To make sure that Paul is cut back for the kingdom of God. That people don't worship him or he becomes full of pride. You see, there are some kind of anointings that if you don't take time, you will not bear. Pride comes into your life. So it is the grace of God when you pray. And people like that have covenant with God. Sometimes they say, God, instead of me receiving your glory, kill me before I do that. There are people who do that. There are men of God who do that. They have a covenant with God. And upon this, God says, okay, I know how to keep you. And Paul says, I prayed three times and nothing happened. Why? Because God wanted to keep me so that I don't go to hell. So it was his own pride that would have caused him to go to hell. So God says, no, I will keep you in order so that you don't go to hell. So it was Paul and not God. Praise the Lord. It was Paul and not God. But our revelations and visions have not come up to that. So if you know that Satan is buffeting you, you better bind and destroy that power. Don't ever say, oh, Paul had... uh, Wonderful revelation, and God allowed messenger of Satan. So maybe God is allowed to say, no, 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 it's not the Bible. It is not a Bible. Go ahead and destroy the powers of Satan, and God will deliver you in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You see, the Bible says that the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. Why? When you pray to God and answers are not coming, go ahead. God will tell you the reason. God told Paul the reason, the reason that if I allow you, you have abundance of revelation and then you will not keep your flesh under. So Paul said, I die daily. I keep my flesh under lest I be cast away. That is it. That is the point. It's not that God does not. He answers. 
even in delaying of, of answers, God looks at relationship. God looks at intensity of prayer. I love Elijah. He will look at his servant Gehazi. And he now says, Gehazi, God has told Elijah when he's going to come. And now he was going to pray. He was praying. And he told his servant, go and find out whether there is rain. Gehazi comes back here and he says, I don't see anything. That's enough discouragement. God told this man of God that rain will, will fall. And this man of God was praying. Gehazi comes back to tell his master, nothing. I don't see anything. Good. Go seven times. In other words, go there, come back. Go there. You don't need to tell me. Go seven times. And he was still praying in travail. Praise the Lord. You pray until something happens. You pray until... In fact, God says, don't give me rest. Isaiah 62. Let's open to Isaiah 62. Isaiah 62. Isaiah 62. I read 1 and 2 and I read 6 and 7. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness, and the salvation drive as a lamb that born it. And the gentle shall see righteousness, thy righteousness. And all kings shall glory, and thou shalt be called by thy new name, which the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now look at verse 6. I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem. God is talking. Which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. Look at verse 7. And give him no rest. God says, don't give me rest. Give him no rest. Till he establish, until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Don't give me rest. That's what God is saying. Our parents will say, let me rest. God said, no, wrong. I don't want to rest. Say, plead your case. Put forth your strong reasons. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Bring your reasons. Bring the word of God before me. That's what he's saying. Bring the promises before me, and I will make it good. For God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a son of man that he should repent. As he promised, shall he not make it good? If he has promised, he will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. Now, what really moved me to preach this is this one. The champion of prayer, Jesus Christ prayed, and one of his prayers was not answered. That, I wept when I saw this one. If my champion of prayer prayed, every single prayer is answered. Otherwise, it's not God. Otherwise, not a perfect man. Otherwise, it's not a perfect God. Every single prayer he prayed was answered in the name of Jesus Christ. We look at the Bible. That every single prayer Jesus Christ prayed was answered. If he missed the prayer, he wouldn't be perfect. If he missed the prayer, we would be doubting him. Which prayer will he answer? His prayer was not answered. So, which one are we going to pray that is going to answer? That puts a question mark on the integrity, the veracity, the honesty, the purity of the master. And that's why this is preached. That's the most important thing. And it is so dear to me. And I believe it is dear to you. It's too important. This is too important. This is too, let's open to Luke 22, 41 and 243. This is just too important. God have mercy. 
Luke 22. I will start from 41. I will stop at 43. And he was withdrawn. As Jesus was withdrawn from them about the stone cast. And kneeled down and prayed saying. Watch. Watch. And this is very important. Father. If thou be willing. Remove this cup from me. Nevertheless. Not my will. But thine be done. Now watch. Father. If you are willing, remove this cup from me. However, nevertheless, nonetheless, not my will. In other words, my will is not for you to remove this cup from me. My will is not for you to remove this cup from me because it is not my will. But if it is your will, you remove it. I am not praying not to go to Calvary. I knew I was going to Calvary. That's why I came. I knew the heart of the Father had been there with him. God, the second person of Trinity. He never failed. He's all perfection in all his glory and splendor. And then he now comes. He said, Father, if you are willing, I am not willing. It is not my will. What was he doing? Vine puts it this way. It's a prayer of consecration. He renders himself solely to the will of God which matches with his own will. He said, it is not my will. My will is to do... You see, in the book of Psalms 40, he said it's a messianic prophecy. And he says, I come in the volumes of the book that is written of me to do thy will, O God. And then he went back there into Hebrews 10 and he repeats the same thing. He said, I come in the volumes of the book. He said, look, I have power to lay down my life and power to take back my life. So he wouldn't just be there to say, Father, I don't want to die. No, that is heresy. I've heard Dedat, a Muslim scholar, you know, talk about that. And uh, uh, Mac, Mac John, you know, just blasted him. The scripture explains the scripture. A will, two wills blended together that makes one perfection. It is not mine. My will is to do your work, to do your will, your, your bidding, your promptings. That is my will. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And, and this, is, this is so important. You know why it is so important? Because Jesus says in, in John 8.29, He said, I always do those things that please my Father. In other words, if Jesus has prayed that he was not going to, to Calvary, God would have granted him. God would have granted him. But he will never pray that kind of prayer. In John 11, 41 and 40, you know what Jesus says? He stood at the graveside of Lazarus and he said this. He said, Father, I know that thou hearest me always. In other words, there is not one single prayer I pray that you don't hear. In other words, I am completely enveloped in your will. I know your word. I have been there with you. I am God, the second person. And now I am a perfect man and perfect God. And there is no way I will stray away from your will. I know the will of my master. Do you know that if Jesus fails in one prayer, it means that he is not God. It means that the brightness of the glory of God had failed. It means that he is resisting the will of God. 
It means that he is imperfect because he has failed in one. Praise the Lord. Our Lord is perfect. I said our Lord is perfect. I said our Lord is perfect. In the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Mm. You see, God has created us humans after his own likeness. And we are spirit beings. We are spirit beings. For God is a spirit, so he created us spirit beings. And when redemption was consummated, when Jesus you know, gave his life for, all, 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 for, for us all, what happened was, a new spirit was imparted into us. There are no two nations, one very powerful nation, another. It's a carnal man. In, in, in Romans 7, the Bible is talking about a carnal person. Those things I desire to do, I just cannot do them. The carnal man is sold under sin. We don't have time to look at that. But you see, the carnal man is personally sold under sin. But when you are born again, the Bible says, you now serve God in the newness of spirit. What a wonder. It? So that you allow the spirit of God in you to mortify the flesh, to kill, to make you pachydermos. You know, pachyderm is the skin of animal, very thick. To make useless the flesh. That's why Paul says, I died daily. So that's why the child of God does not just look at money and pick the money and put it into his pocket. No, there is something in him that smites him. The Holy Spirit will smite him. That's why the true child of God will not just look at the woman and begin to lust and order. If that is there, it's a demonic thing. It can, be, it can be cast out in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I do, I do believe that God is going to do a new thing now. I do believe that it's a cleansing in the name of Jesus Christ. I do believe that the finger of God is going to walk now in the name of Jesus. It does not matter what sickness, what disease, what things. May we stand up now. Put your hands in a place where you have any ailments, any infirmity in the name of Jesus. And that same power, the, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ that brought him out from the graveyard. That same power is here to do his bidding. His word is put in order. His word is put right. In the name of Jesus Christ. Ask God, put your hand where that problem may be. Or represent whosoever, maybe in the family, whatever, your friend. It does not matter. But in the name of Jesus Christ, something is going to happen. And when it happens, I dare that you come to the pulpit anytime, even when I'm not here, to glorify the name of the Lord. Father, your word has gone forth in the name of Jesus Christ now. In the name of Jesus, we have represented you as a church the way you are. Perfect Lord, the one that upholds all things by the power of his hand. You are gracious, you are perfect. Perfect man and perfect God. Go to work now in the name of Jesus Christ and heal your people. Heal your people in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. And touch every single sick soul, blessed Father. Every single condition, blessed Father. Heal in the name of Jesus. Cause them to be made whole now. In Jesus' name. But I give you praise. I worship and bow down before your presence. What a majestic God we serve. The ever-living God. The habitation of justice and judgment. The one whose word is law and power. The one who changes times and seasons and laws. You are the same unchanging God. Hallowed be your name, O God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Word of God says in Psalm 119-133, Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. We have heard the word of God today. Can you close your eyes and say, Lord, order my steps. In the year 2013, that I will not sleep, I will not slumber, I will not be slated by the power of the enemy. That I will walk your walk and you will order every of my steps. By your word. By your word. Isaiah 1, 6 and 9. We were encouraged yesterday by this scripture. It says, be strong and of good courage. Do not let your heart be discouraged. Be strong. Be strong and of good courage. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord of glory, the owner of our souls, the mighty and everlasting Father, Lord, we thank you for this time. We worship you and we adore you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the revelational knowledge of your word. Thank you for the understanding from the throne of grace. Thank you for opening our hearts our ears, our hearts, and our ears, even to your word. Lord, we say, cause the performance of your word in our lives in the name of Jesus. May cause be established in thy truth in the name of Jesus. Hold us by the hand in the years to come and order every of our steps by your word in the name of Jesus. Thank you because we know that you've had us so long. Mighty God, we thank you for your servants. We thank you, O Lord, for your grace upon his life, upon his family, upon his ministry. We ask, O Lord, that you will keep him in the name of Jesus. Thank you because we know that you've had us so long. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. Before we share the grace, the family that did the dedication this afternoon had refreshment for us. So as we go out, please partake of the fellowship. Let's share the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Be strong and of good courage. Amen.